Gina. Life, love and laughter. Clyde 2. Hi, I'm Gina McKee and welcome to Clyde 2's Life, Love and Laughter podcast. So this is where basically I get the chance to talk to some fantastic, inspirational people who really have gone the extra mile in their life, whether it's personally or in business. And one of my favourites... Eddie Reid, or I should say Edward Reid, as he likes to be known as now. You might remember Eddie Reid. He was on Britain's Got Talent several years ago. Well, he's now transformed into a master of mindfulness. We'll come on to that in just a second. But I had to ask him when he came into the studio, do people still talk to him about Britain's Got Talent? Um, Not so much. Some people, some people, I'll see it in social media, people will go, um, loved your edition on Britain's Got Talent. But um, I don't... um, I mean, it's a big part of my life and it changed my life and I'm very grateful for it. But I never, even at the time of doing it, I knew myself, I was like, this isn't define me. This isn't going to be my story. This we, um, This is me. This, this, <laughs> we, I, this, this wee minute in my life isn't going to, def- it's not going to be me. So um, I, I think because I don't hold on to it, other people don't hold on to it. And the song that I sang in Britain's Got Talent, I, st- I mean, I sang it on Saturday night. Um, so I still sing it lots. But a lot of people now, especially in Glasgow, but at, don't need to sing it. We've all heard it. So oh, yeah. sing something different. How many so, years ago? What? I'm just trying to think. Seven. Was that seven? Was it seven? Yeah. <gasps> 2011. The mm-hmm. moment that changed your life. It, well, it, it was a platform. It gave you the platform for, yes, you know, for, yes. you know. But I, I mean, I think I spoke to you about this before, but like standing at the side of the stage before it went on, that was a that was more of a life-changing um, situation than the whole raised profile, you know, being on the telly, being in the papers and stuff like that, coming in here to talk about it, actually. That profile change was great, but I was standing at the side of the stage and having to find this this sense of self. That, I know, explain this, actually. I remember you told me this before. But um, when, Britain's got talent. You're standing at the side of the stage and, and other people, uh-huh, and you're doubting yourself and you're like, what am I doing here? And then whilst all that's happening outside on the stage... People are performing and the judges are going, eh, eh, and the audience is going off, off, off. Well, in Glasgow, they're going, cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. <laughs> so I, I, it was, I, I was just like, they can annihilate me out here. And I remember thinking, okay, they can they can change the track. They can, I might not be able to hear myself. I might not be able to hear the music. They can boo me. The judges can buzz me. And, and the great words of Whitney Houston, I thought to myself, they can do all that, but they can't take away my dignity. <laughs> Song coming on. <laughs> I love that. But and and I thought I need to give myself. I need to know who I am. And I need to know more. And, and it was just, it was a, 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 a like books. I, I, I mean, self help books. I think I heard someone call them shelf help books because you buy them, think you're going to change your life, and then you sit in a shelf and you don't actually do anything about them, or you read them and then you don't actually put them into action. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people until that moment, and I was forced to put everything that I'd read and learned into action in that moment. So I felt like a rush coming from my toes of like self-respect, self-worth, self-acceptance and just like... Confidence, would confidence. you say? Yes, yeah. yes. So when I walked out on stage, my family were in the audience and they heard me say, eh, hello, my name's Edward Reed," And they all just took a breath and relaxed because they could hear my, my voice that I was... Calm. Uh-huh. So then, because they, they know me, you know, like better than anybody, so they... And I think that was because in that moment I changed mm-hmm. the person. But then, I mean, this is why I got into mindfulness and meditation because after that, when I was projected into this fabulous world of corporateness and going all over the country singing for fabulous people and events, I did start to then forget that and I started to doubt myself and really think, well, I'm doing in London getting paid 
crazy money because when you, you come off Britain's Got Talent, it was more money than I'd the ever. spotlight's on you. You're hot. Everyone wants a bit of you. Uh, and it was, I was like, I'm not good enough. To, I'm, I don't deserve this. They're going to find. I had that imposter syndrome. I was like, they're going to find out I'm actually not good enough. I'm actually not any good, and they're never going to ask me back. They're, they're going to be annoyed that they've actually booked me in the first place. So I, I was experiencing that every weekend, and then I was like, this is exhausting. Something needs to change. Either I need to give it up, which I never wanted to do, or I need to change my mindset. And that's what I feel the meditation mindfulness has helped me. Mm-hmm. And it's not just meditation and mindfulness. It's a whole, I mean, it's the whole lo- loving yourself and liking yourself. And I mean, that song, you just said, this is me. It's, it's about that. It's about going, right, this is the body that I've got. This is the, the skills that I've got. I've got to appreciate them and love them. And I'm perfect in my own self. Because yeah. often as a singer, and not just as a singer, anybody, all we do is just look at other people and compare ourselves and go, oh, they're brilliant. Because I, I, I really wouldn't get in my bed. I wouldn't open my mouth and sing. I've had to think that because I hear other people singing. I'm going, oh my God, they're phenomenal. And I go to myself, I've got a joke to even sing. Then I go, nope, you added a wee package delivered up like as Edward Reed and you just need to keep doing what you do. As long as it's giving you, as long as it's raising your vibrations, just keep doing it. And you are a Polish act. You know, I've, oh. I've watched you, uh, you know, several times host events and of course do your own thing. And you are an extremely polished act. And it's funny because I th- what you just said absolutely resonates with me. I, for example, if I'm going out to do an event or a gig and I know my act, I know my first wee joke, I know what I'm going to say at the end, and I know how I'm going to get people on their feet. And then maybe someone else perhaps is on just before me and I think, oh, they've got a better joke. Yes. They were funnier. Yes. And then the self doubt. And you think, oh, I should be like them. Or you, I'm a professional thief. I don't mind admitting this. You know, I might watch something that you do. In fact, I copy. You often talk about when you're dancing, unscrewing the light bulb and patting uh-huh. the dog. Uh-huh. Well, I do that sometimes. I think, oh, I've stolen that from Eddie Reid. <laughs> <laughs> but don't we all do that? I think you, yeah. you, you watch someone else and you think, it's what you're saying, a professional imposter. You see someone do something, you think, oh, I should be like that. Actually, no, be yourself. Yep. Work in your own act. <laughs> I, ha- I have to. I, I was for a while there. I mean, when I'm in sync, when I'm, I'm I, I think when you're in, in spirit, when you're inspired, I think that's what inspired means in spirit. When you're, when I'm inspired, like words flow out of me and the patter comes and I don't even, I don't overthink it. It just comes and people respond by laughing or by listening. Um, But then I overthink it. So when the Monday comes and I've got a gig on the, the Saturday, I'll be like, oh no, I've, I can't think, I've, I've got nothing to say. Whereas now I learn to just relax. So um, during the week, I will meditate on that gig and I'll just visualise, if, if I, I know the, the venue, I'll visualise me standing in the venue and I'll visualise people and then I'll visualise them smiling and I'll visualise me being a, a best, the best version of myself. And then the day of the gig, I do the same thing. So that means I just, when I go to the gig, I'm so relaxed and I believe that it's, I've, I believe that it's already been amazing. So then when I go in, I don't overthink it and I, words just come out of my mouth. That's a great technique. It, oh, it, it saves me because mm-hmm. I, I, I am, um, and I, I did it for a while and then I stopped doing it. And I, when I stopped doing it, I just get in a, a whirlwind of uh, low self-esteem and panic. And I had to then, I went back, I went to this amazing guy. You should totally get him in here to speak to him. Um, Jed Neil, I think his nickname is Neil. Um, Gerald Neil, he's, I went to him for some life coaching. And he, and he was like, ah, you've, you should visualise your gigs. And I was like, I used to do that. Jed Neil, if you're listening, Jed, uh-huh. <laughs> give he's, me a call. He's, he's brilliant. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, so I I think you need to you need to constantly work. I think it's investing in yourself. Yep. Do you think you were born to 
entertain Eddie because what I really wanted to chat to you about is yes your mindfulness but two is what it is that actually really drives you you're clearly for me meant to be in the entertainment business do you believe that do you think that's what you were just meant to do no um, well I believe yes it's part of my destiny um, but but now when I was born I was born in a, a, a family Coat Bridge work, working class my dad was a welder I think everybody thought I should be a welder, you know, like you, that's what you fall in your dad's footsteps. That's what your dad does. <laughs> and I was like, the only way I'm being a welder is if I'm like cut out and flash dance and I can be a stripper at night, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> maniac, maniac. Uh, 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 but then I obviously didn't become a welder. But um, I became a carer. And I, I thought, because it's funny because when you're born into a certain postcode or a certain class or a certain financial, uh, economical situation, there's there's um, limits put on you and it's not I, I don't think my family were cruel they were just like this is what we do mm-hmm. you know and I think if you're born into a, a musical family you're just like you're going to learn an it's instrument it's the vision isn't it it's uh, like we've well, all the, pa- the parents pass it on you this is what you're going to do you're going to, if you're born into a, a family that speaks three languages you will learn another language by the time you're five kind of thing mm-hmm. so we're all born into different situations and I never it was never I mean, years ago, there was no drama classes. You know, like there, there's so many drama and dance classes now. There was nothing like that. And I just accepted that was me. So when I knew I didn't want to be a welder and I knew that I liked people, I became a carer. I went, I wanted to become a social worker, partly because I, th- I thought I wanted to fix people, but really I needed to fix myself. Do you know, you mm-hmm. know one of those ones? Mm-hmm. So um, I became, a, I didn't become a social worker. I became a social carer in the community. Working Wonderful. With, um, um, people with um, additional support needs. And I loved it. I, I absolutely loved that job. But um, I, I had a vision for that job because when I was I was seventeen, um, I was I was I done an HNC in social care, and then I got a job halfway through it. But it was almost like I think I have a theory, like because I was a man in that industry, people would look at me and go, "Ah, oh, you'll do well," because it's a f- predominantly female um, uh, career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a man being in it, it was assumed that the man would do well because. There wasn't a lot of men in it and a sexist thing, men get promoted quicker, I think, in management mm-hmm. back in those days anyway. So I had this almost like arrogance, like, well, I'm going to, so I was like, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to be a deputy manager and by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be a manager of a, an establishment for people with additional support needs. And then um, I got promoted when I was 24 to deputy manager and I hated it <laughs> because um, but that, I just think that goes to show you the power of visualisation and the to have a goal or have a focus, I was just assumed there was no doubt that I was going to be a man, a deputy manager by the time I was twenty five. Energy know? goes with the focus flows. Yeah. I say this all the time. Yeah. You were moving towards it. I, it was just, an, it was just that this is what's going to happen, kind of thing. There was no doubt. There was no doubt. Um, but then I didn't like management. I didn't like telling people what to do. I didn't like people not liking me. I was like, I was everybody's pal. The next minute, mm-hmm. people were when You're I the boss. Room, <laughs> I, when I walked into a room, people stopped talking, and I was like, "What are you doing? I don't like this job." Anyway. I left, but I used to walk around the day centre singing and a guy said to me, you've got a really good voice. And I said, really? I mean, only, only ever drunk when I was, uh, only ever sung when I was drunk in the karaoke because I needed the confidence to do it. And then I went and did some um, uh, singing lessons and then I, get a, a, I joined an amateur operatic society in Airdrie Coat Bridge. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And my first night, I loved rehearsals. I thought, I can't believe this is a thing. You know, people going and singing and dancing and chatting with like-minded people. It was just phenomenal. And then my first night on stage, I got a part in it. As I was um, 
Barnaby and Hollow Dolly, and, <laughs> and, uh, and he, my, my lines was Holy Cabooses, Cornelius. That was all I said, I think. And then I sang a couple of songs. The one line. <laughs> aye, aye. And then I had um, um, the first night on stage. I remember walking out on stage, and I just was like, maybe I don't know if it was my ego, but it was something that risen inside me. It was like a fabulous feeling, and I thought, I'm going to do this. As a I job. want this. So the next day I went into work and I handed my notice in. It was that powerful. Was I that love powerful. that. I just went. It was something in me that, so although I didn't feel that feeling when I was a child, I didn't feel it, I didn't because I didn't know it, I wasn't introduced to it. But when I eventually found my, my path led me to that situation, it rose inside me, the energy, you know, it was just electric. And I knew I had to take action on it then and there, because if I didn't do it then and there, I would have just, because I had a mortgage, I had I just bought a house. And everybody was like, you've just bought a house, you've just, you've just been promoted, what are you doing? And I was like, nope. And I'm giving it all up. I'm going back to stay with my mum and dad. Oh, I love this. I didn't know that. It's incredible. I'm going, and I just, now. You felt alive. When people talk about feeling alive, that Uh is the story in a nutshell. Yeah, and then I didn't have a place at college, but I knew. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm leaving network anyway. So I applied. Motherwell College was the only place in in Scotland that did a musical theatre course. And at the time, I didn't even want to do musical theatre. I just wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a a well-known singer in Scotland. That was my, that was my, my my aim and um, when I did musical theatre the course I loved I fell in love with musical theatre and then I tried to go up and down to London edition it wasn't for me I didn't I mean I did it because people told me that's what I should be doing mm-hmm. take it, it to the next level yes but it wasn't it wasn't what my my inner my soul wanted to do it was like what people were telling me I should do because I have like a really manly like rich um, tenor voice when I sing that musical theatre sound I'm totally bigging myself up here but I can well, make you that do. Yeah, I can you make do. that sound and so people go you should, you should be in the West End so I went down to a couple of auditions and they didn't, I was too nervous anyway but I didn't wasn't wasn't for me um, and then I was just was lost for a while because I was like but everybody's telling me I should be in the West End but the West End don't want me and then I went away I worked in Spain then I worked on a cruise ship and I loved it and I come back and I was just, I wasn't, I was a friend that said to me, um, there's a job um, in a pub. And I was like, oh, I'm not a pub singer. <laughs> and she was like, they pay you £175 a night. I went, when do I start? <laughs> so I'm then, a pub singer. I, I'm a pub singer. But actually it was the best thing that happened to me because I, I learned, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be Edward Reed. Or I, like now Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. I have, yeah. I have like a different. Lady Edward Gaga, Reed. she's got her alter ego yes, as well. Yes, yeah. so, I, so I used to just stand and then sing in pubs. And nobody would listen to me. And then I was like, right, I'm going to get them to look at me and to listen to me. So I, I started playing about with the aim and platted playing about my performance. And I developed my craft, I suppose, in pubs and then clubs and then... Your persona. Aye. So then um, it's now, I'm doing now what I love doing. So from that initial, I want to just be a, a, a well-known singer in Scotland. Um, I feel as if I've got here because people know me. You know, mm-hmm. they know me. As, oh, there's that guy, Edward Reader. Or there's that guy that sang nursery rhymes. You know, there's there's a. I mean, you've got such a thing. huge personality, Eddie. I could never imagine you just singing and not talking. You know that. Uh, would... Well, I used to do. I used to. This is a song by Michael Bublé, and then just sing the song. But now I'm like, so this song. The reason I'm singing it is because this and that, and I think this, and I think we should all be doing this. <laughs> and so um, it's uh, so that I mean, working in the pub, which I thought no, I, I mean, people round about me were saying you should be in the West End, but that was offered this pub job, and I was like, no. But then actually, the pub job was the first step in the direction that I was meant to be in, I think. Mm-hmm. For you to craft to what you're doing now yeah, and to take yeah, that wherever yeah. you, you're going to take and it. It's funny because I did have an, 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 an initial, and I think that's funny because when I was a carer, it was assumed that because I was a man, 
And of course, the industry I was in, I was going to get promoted anyway, right? And it's a terribly sexist thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what happens when you're working in um, performance, entertainment, every single, every second person you speak to, oh, that's a hard, that's a hard uh, industry to be an into. That's right. Especially nowadays, especially nowadays. Your job could be gone next week. So then you start to believe that and you just tell yourself it's a hard industry. This is why I can't get work. And it, takes you longer to get there because you're constantly having self-doubt or constantly believing the people around about you who are saying negative things they don't mean to bring you down but they're just saying oh I, it's tough there it's tough so uh, it took me a long while to break away from that mindset mm-hmm. that's good um, but um, now I'm in a position that I love and I, I mean uh, people will say to me you love your job don't you and I'll say I how do you know they, 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 you can see it I must be when I'm on stage I must just look like I'm having a ball but yeah, you are every time I see you exude happiness and, and passion this is Gina. Gina life love and laughter Clyde too so mindfulness do you think all of this and thanks for sharing all of that um, do you think that's what's brought you now to, to being your master of mindfulness um, amongst other things I mean I, I love to go to a life coach I love and I'm coming to you one day <laughs> I, 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 I love to go to somebody that can because you know what it's like, there's loads of amazing people out there and they've got great answers and all you can just say one thing to them and then they come back, we were saying earlier on, they come back, we, they listen to you in one line and it just, you go, little Oprah calls it a aha moment. Aha moment, it's true, you are. The, the Cope Bridges version is, oh I, it's an <laughs> oh I moment. Um, I, so I've been to a lot of life coaches and a lot of brilliant people who I think are, say wise things. And then what happens with me, the, the way I process is I'll hear them and then I go away and I need to digest it and it need to then, and then it, need to, it needs to bubble up inside me to let, to let, almost break away the old story that I was carrying about myself, mm-hmm. you know. So I had a very, a, a very defined story about who I was and it was that imposter syndrome that we were talking about. And I'd be like, I've been asked to sing at this amazing event and they don't actually know how rotten I am. I'm actually rotten and... And I'd start to feel sick about it, and I'd, I'd go, "Oh my god, this self-deprecating." Is I mean, yeah. But then, and I'd be like, "Who do I, who do I think I'm? Can not all these people that I'm something that I'm not? That I'm that I'm I I I, I can hold a room. I can you know I can entertain people. Who do I? I've got such a red neck at myself, you know. And then being able to work past that and change that story, and and change the mindset. Yeah, change the mindset, and I think that's a big thing to do. So the mindfulness has helped me do that because. Now, I feel as if I've grasped mindfulness a lot. Well, you know, you're I, teaching this now, aren't teach, you? Yeah, Which is and, great. And, and I, but I feel, I catch myself doing things and I go, oops. So, like, like I, 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 I lost keys and um, I did my usual, running about, pulling things out, like the drawers and going, and all the while doing it, going, I'm an Egypt. I always lose stuff. I'm an Egypt. That was my self-talk. And then I caught myself and I was like, Edward, you don't do this anymore. So it's having to That's good Stopping catch, it catch, catch the habit And stop Stop it before it starts Becoming a bigger habit You know And then I caught myself And I go right What you do is I go and meditate And I medit- go Wait a minute Where's the keys Where's the keys And then just Get in a relaxed state Changing my brain waves mm-hmm. Get in a relaxed state Because the answer's already in us The answer for anything Like um, Even if you're dating somebody I'm, I'm dating I'm telling you I'm dating somebody tonight, And I'm like Right So instead of texting people Going what do you think And I, but I usually go What do you think I just sit back and I just can't get calm and then the answer bubbles up if they're the right person for me and, that, and it comes from a place inside like oh, an, that's an so good. Nav. and we've all got it inside us but it's just when we slow down we calm down we change our brainwaves and we allow 
ourselves to connect with our higher self or our, our soul or our divinity, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that gives you the answer. So that when I was looking for the keys half an hour later, I was walking about and um, the word jacket pop, jacket pockets popped into my head. And I was like, but Anna looked at all my jacket pockets and then couldn't find it. it turned out it was in my jacket pocket I'd left in my car. Oh. So I was like, oh my, oh, it was just amazing that this is, um, that it, um, the answer was, the answer, I knew what it was, but because there was so much clutter in front of me, I couldn't see it. Yeah, it's you like know? you open up the cupboard door, you're looking for the salt and it's right in front of you, but you can't see That's it. Well, you're it. busy, where's the yeah. salt? Hurry up and it's yeah. exact, exactly that. I want to come to one of your mindfulness yeah. uh, classes. Do you think that's going to be the sort of next stage in your in your career? Well, initially when I started, when I went to study uh, meditation, um, my my hope was to do something at the Mental Arts and Film Festival. And I wanted to do a show with music and mindfulness mixed in. And I did, I did do a show. But it's funny because often I'll say to people, I'm going to look, don't sing, just do your mindfulness or don't do your mindfulness, just just sing. So it's a desire for me to be able to mix both. So I think I need to create something that um, that is a mix of music and positive talk. You're creating it right now. This yeah. is what you're doing. You're on your journey, aren't you, with but, all of this? Well, I'm, I mean, the other day, I mean, I've started getting, um, if I do a ladies' lunch, I'll get them to either look at their spoons or get their phones out and look at themselves. And I get them to tell them tell them they're beautiful. That's what I start the day like. And most of them are uncomfortable. But I'm like, girls, do it. Come on, you've got you spent a bit hundred pounds. Nothing to lose, yeah. The fake tan was thirty five pounds. Your makeup is forty pounds. Come on, let, let let's just and like ourselves. And I think I'm doing that. But I'm, I'm I hope I'm not preachy. But I'm I'm doing it in a fun way. No, you're like the got one of the mind. Uh, you know, well, got well, one. Uh, uh, you're like the got one of the mind. I try, and then I'll, when I finish the day, I'll go right, girls. Um, Tomorrow, when you wake up and your hair's clamped to your head and your breath's howling and you've got a kebab down your your, your clothes that you're still wearing for last night, I want you to go in the mirror, look in the mirror and tell yourself you're still fabulous. And I go, will you do that? And they'll go, yes. Why did they do it? I don't know. So I kind of, I'm, I'm involved. But even if one or two, there's always the aye, one or two do it. Aye, making aye. a change, you're making a difference. Aye, aye. So um, I feel that I'm kind of, and it's when I see, I, I do mindfulness, I teach mindfulness, but I talk about other stuff as well, but just mm. try to accept yourself and, not compare yourself to other people. I can't wait to find out next time we chat what you created because I think you, you're spinning that idea just now mm-hmm. and as you continue to do your lunches and events, etc., you know it's all just going to come together and you'll have your wake up one night and it'll be, oh, this is this is a seminar I need to do, this is the talk I need to do and yes. it's all, everything you've studied from your care, uh, you know, etc., yes. all of that, if your comedy, for your theatre, it will all just come together. And sometimes we don't necessarily, I think, need to have the answer right now as you said, in fact, earlier on, before we started the podcast, that you're enjoying your vision just yes. now. You've had a vision and now you're actually not necessarily created something else. You're just living in the moment. I'm just, a, and I think... A that great place to be. It took me a while to accept that because I'm so used to striving. I'm so used to like travelling to the, the next place that I've got to this place that I've visualised and instead of enjoying it, what I was doing was striving for more, but there was it felt so clunky because it was like... I don't understand why it wasn't, because normally it comes easy to me because I don't mind striving. I like working towards something, but I wasn't enjoying this. So I was like, Ugh. and I just had to realise, just stop and enjoy it. Stop and smell the roses. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I'm doing just now. And, you know, I've been doing this kind of work for about seven years since Britain's Got Talent. Not that I go on about it, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, I, we started with Brain's Got Talent, uh, and we uh, ended uh, the uh, podcast with Brain's Got Talent. But I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still enjoying every single moment of the work that I do. Because uh, you're living, you're alive. Yep. And I think once I get, 
Once I get a wee bit like itch, uh, itchy feet, I'll be like, right, time to make a new a new vision and create a new path for myself. So I'm just enjoying it. It's like travelling, you know, you might get a wee bit of turbulence. You might get a wee bit of something nice out the shops to eat on, on the plane, you know, or you maybe get a wee jean tea on the plane, I don't know. <laughs> Pringles. Uh, and, you, and you can enjoy it. There could be a wee bit of turbulence, whatever. But then you get to Spain or wherever, Disneyland, wherever you want to go. You um you just enjoy it, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point I'm in just now. So, what's your top tip for just having a calm mind when you're having that moment of I'm stressed, I can't find the keys? What's Eddie's top tip for just um, calm down? Um, stopping and you know when you know when something you're anxious and somebody says calm down, you want to headbutt. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> I'm think, calm. I know. I know. <laughs> calm. Uh, uh, I think you need to be that. You, you, I think we've all got an inner voice, so we need to just listen to an inner voice, and it, the inner voice can be really negative, and not that one, don't listen to that one. Listen to the, your kind voice that's, that's there to protect you and look after you. So when you are getting anxious, remember, I think that anxiety is not you. You're experiencing the anxiety. It's like the thoughts aren't you. You're observing the thoughts, but sometimes they feel real, mm-hmm. and that you can get carried away with them. So just remember that if you're in anxiety, if you're in a state of sadness, it's it's not you, you're, you're just experiencing it. So you can look at it as opposed to being it. Does that make sense? And it will pass, yeah, I like that. Oh, and yeah, it'll pass, pass, apart from anything, it will pass. sometimes you put it on like jackets and walk about with that anxiety on all day. <laughs> and don't, I'm just, I just think if you can catch yourself wearing the anxiety jacket, take it off and just sit it. But look at the anxiety, because I'm not saying by doing it you won't have the anxiety, but looking at the anxiety as opposed to being the anxiety makes it easier and then it's easier to let it go. It's yeah, let it flow. Uh-huh, <laughs> let, uh-huh. it flow. let it flow. out of the way. What is your uh, what's your website? Or do uh, you have it? Yeah, www. com. Brilliant. So if you fancy checking Eddie out, of course, available for all good bookings also as well. <laughs> uh, but for mindfulness and more, then check out Eddie. Honestly, I love your vibrations. I love oh, I it. every love time we chat. Too. Honestly, it's always so My good. Thanks, Eddie, to, for popping in and just next creation. Yes. I'm Gina <laughs> McKee. You. Don't forget, please, to join me through the week on Clyde 2's Home Run Show. And I will be back with another batch of life, love and laughter next week. Gina. Life. Love. And laughter. Like and share us and come back for the next episode next week.